Welcome to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast where we discuss news, reviews, and all things video games with your hosts the OG Leo Holly, the overachiever Mark Lombardi, and Mr. Contradiction himself Matt Harms. Stay tuned for ways to connect with the G3 community, contribute to the show, or tell us about your greatest gaming experiences. Now, let's get to the show. Greetings, gamers, and welcome back to the G3 Podcast. You're here listening to episode 30, and you've got at least two of the three, so, you know, we won't call it a full-course meal, but we should give you enough to fill your gaming appetite today. you got known as Ice uh, on all things gaming and social media, and joining me today is the one, the only, Mr. Mow Them Down, a.k.a. Matt. What's going on? Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, happy to be here. Sorry that I missed the last one, but... Uh... Yeah, let's uh, go ahead and get on into the news. You're damn right you're sorry. And that shame just keeps going around because now Mark is feeling <laughs> it. You know, apparently his family is a higher priority than being on the show. We Weird. kid, we kid. But uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> as usual, we're going to go ahead and talk about news. And then we're going to talk about the biggest thing that came up this week, uh, that being the PlayStation State of Play and our thoughts on it. So uh, coming right off the bat, something we... Didn't make mention of last week, but we think it's fair to make mention of uh, a belated happy International Women's Day to all of the female types out there. Uh, So that was on March 7th of this week, uh, celebrating the history and culture around women. And so we celebrate women and particularly women in gaming. So, you know, we thought it'd be nice to go ahead and just put a a little shout out out there for all the ladies. Uh, We also had uh, Mario Day, which was... Uh, just this past uh, couple days on March 10th. Uh, what was that? That was Thursday. Um, and so if you're not familiar with how that works out, MAR, that being March, and the number 10, put those together, and you have what uh, generically kind of looks like Mario. Uh, Matt, is that, is that one totally mm-hmm. totally disturbing you, the fact that uh, people couldn't put two and two together, that it was Mario Day by, <laughs> by, no, by doing yeah, that? No, that was just... That's just a funny explanation, but yeah. Well, you know, it's quite literally what did it you, is. Uh, so. Did you? Well, no, yeah, I get that. Did you celebrate the Mario Day? Uh, I did. I went ahead and uh, you know I, I played a bit on my Switch, and I actually went ahead and uh, took the opportunity to go ahead and buy uh, the game that they had. Oh, gosh, was it last year now, or was it even before that? The um, Oh my God, I have to pull it up to remember what I bought. Uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. So that that one I found was pretty interesting when they announced it. Um, You know, truth be told, uh, Super Mario 3D World was essentially a port over to the Switch, but then the Bowser's Fury is like a whole new segment that they added on there. So there was, uh, I guess, a little bit of contention and talk in the gaming sphere about like, hey, is this worth a full price point? Because it's a port plus, you know, maybe an expansion, if you will, or something different. Uh, I haven't got to try it out yet, but I'm looking forward to. But kind of like Mark said last week, I own most of the Nintendo first party stuff, aside from uh, the stuff I'm not interested in, that being uh, like Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. That's a mouthful of a title. Uh, But for... uh, for anyone that uh, that didn't catch it, you can still catch it. The Mario Day sales go on until the 13th of this month and include Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, New Super, Mario's Bro- New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, uh, which is another port coming over uh, from the Wii U. Um, there are expansions as well as the proper Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World, which I say is a a great game, and then Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and as I mentioned, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, Tokyo 2020. Matt, uh, are any of these titles enticing you enough to finally pick up a Switch? Uh, I mean, probably not any of the big sale titles, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm hearing real good things about that triangle strategy, so wait to to see Mark's review. (laughs) Yeah, I went ahead and I downloaded the uh, the demo for that. And uh, truth be told, I wanted to get a chance to play that this week just so I could rub it in your face that I played it. But uh, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to do that. I did, however, play through the, the available demo for uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. Uh, and I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It was, um, 
how can I, it, it's what I expected of a Kirby game. It was very well paced. It wasn't super action packed, um, but it was action packed enough that it kept me wanting more. So uh, I will probably go ahead because Kirby, in a really weird way, I actually kind of prefer Kirby over, let's say, Zelda as one of the like Nintendo secondary characters, if you will. Yeah, I know. Um, so I'll probably get my hands on on the full purchase, the pre order for uh, for Kirby, but. In other pre-order style news, uh, Rockstar has confirmed that GTA V, uh, the next-gen, new-gen, whatever we're calling them, upgrades. Re-re-re-release. Yeah, literally. (laughs) A 2013 release that literally 10 years later is getting re-released. I mean, Um, you know, Skyrim. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But so it's going to get re-released on PS5 and... uh, the Xbox Series consoles. And so something of interest, uh, pulling this out of VGC, uh, we found that, or at least it's being reported, that there's actually a significant price difference uh, between the two. So on PS5, if you were to go ahead and pre-order this upgrade, it's about 75% off, whereas on the Xbox Series consoles, it is 50% off. So uh, some of this is basically in line with the previous PlayStation promotion that they had, um, talking about getting GTA online for free, uh, on the PlayStation consoles. Uh, but then there's also some concern there or, or some dichotomy talking about, okay, well, is it for just the story version of the game or the full version of the game? Uh, what we're seeing right now, the story mode full price is for $40 on PS5 uh, and Series X. But then, again, if you just want the story mode uh, on PS5, it's looking like $10 or um, you get GTA Online for free. Uh, and then on the Series consoles, it is $20 for story mode. And then another $10 for GTA Online. So, I mean, PlayStation got got a, a pretty good deal here, I guess, with whatever partnership they had. Uh, that being said, cool, why do we want to go ahead and get this upgrade? So, according to Rockstar, uh, quote, these new versions also offer across-the-board improvements, including faster load times, increased population and traffic variety, increased vegetation density, improved lighting quality uh, across shadows, water reflections, and other elements, Plus, improved anti-aliasing, motion blur, uh, highly detailed new explosions, fire, and much more. And quote, uh, they also go on to say that you're going to have all the the niceties that you would have on the PlayStation console being for the DualSense controller, uh, haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, which that sounds pretty cool. Uh, and then you've got the new Tempest 3D positioning audio on PlayStation 5 as well as spatial sound on Series X. So, Matt, third, well, uh, what did we say? 2013 uh, uh, release, re-released in 2023 here for the new gen. Are you going to go ahead and uh, drop some drop some dollars on this? I mean, yeah, probably. Really, you know, like the the story mode and that was very fun. Uh, GTA Online was fun for a little bit. We all kind of fell out of that, but uh, I, I I was kind of drooling over the uh, graphic comparison you know stills that they had put up the other day so uh yeah i'll probably end up checking it out for real (laughs) yeah and so when we're talking about the graphics uh where was that note so they're gonna actually have three uh fidelity modes modes, which is kind of interesting so one is being performance so likely to have a little bit uh lower fidelity for higher frame rate uh you're also gonna have performance rt so when we talk about the spatial reflections and ray tracing and whatnot uh and then the third is going to be a hybrid of the first two so i think we're seeing that a couple more i want to say that they had something akin to that in uh, ratchet and clank uh rift apart but uh yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see how how quickly people bite off on it the sad part is of course uh the more that we go ahead and we buy into gta 5 probably is only inevitably delaying gta 6 or Hopefully, the more likely is us going ahead and, and buying into this upgrade is going to go ahead and help fund the right. R&D and the development of GTA 6. Um, bit of both. <laughs> best, best of both worlds, hopefully. Uh, but you, you know who had the best of all worlds, essentially, last year was Microsoft. 
specifically because uh, according to Metacritic, uh, Metacritic hosted their annual game publisher rankings. Uh, and this is the 12th year that they've done it. And Microsoft came out as the number one game publisher for 2021. So why does this matter? Um, well, so we have used Metacritic before on the show because they're kind of neutral in the sense that they take industry uh, scores for games and whatnot, and they take user scores for games. Um, but how do they base this on? Well, first and foremost, the average Metascore for all games uh, released in 2021. So they take the average. Uh, the second way that they consider it is the percent of scored products with good reviews. Uh, and so by their standards, we've said before that like 80, 85, their, their uh, ideal good review is at least 75. The percentage of scored products with bad reviews, so by comparison, uh, they consider 49 or lower being a bad review. So they kind of look at that 75 versus 49. And then last but not least, uh, the number of great titles, that being a 90 or higher listed on Metacritic. So any games that the publishers put out, they're held up to those four criteria, and that's how they go ahead and determine who's the number one. So, uh, I, I mean, we talked about it last year that Microsoft had a pretty good year by way of game releases. Maybe not you had, you know, hit the, hit the ball out of the park kind of deal by way of, like, everything is a 10 across the board. But they had some pretty good stuff, you know. You had Forza Horizon uh, 5 that had a really good score. I want to say, I mean, if I was to look that up right now, um, it had a good score. You had uh, a lot of other games like The Ascent and 12 Minutes that came in uh, and had some decent scores. I'm, like, typing in Ascent and Forza at the same time here. Uh, while I go ahead and look up some of this to, to talk about here, Matt, does, did this uh, surprise you at all that Microsoft came out on top for publishers? You know, honestly, it's hard for me to say. Um, it, it maybe did surprise me a little bit. Um, but, you know, they've had a pretty good year of releases. I, I do think the Game Pass thing really helps them a lot in that regard. Um, obviously, you know, easy, relatively cheap access, whatever to these titles is going to, I would imagine, at least, you know, somewhat boost uh, the, the public perception. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've released some solid titles, uh, admittedly, I think with Forza, like that's a solid title, but it is one of those things where it's like, it's just the same title that they released with the last one, just, you know, slightly shinier graphics and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, they've been doing well, uh, hopefully they can, you know, keep it going. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, and so just uh, taking that opportunity there, I took a look and we saw last year that, uh, Halo Infinite uh, came out with an 87. So, you know, while that didn't make the cut for uh, any of the annual awards, uh, or at least the game awards, we saw it won some awards with the DICE Awards. Um, that's still something when they consider it a great score, right? When we take a look at the Microsoft Flight Simulator, yes, this was a prior release, but to release it onto the Xbox series, uh, particularly the Series X, it got a 90 Metacritic score, so some pretty high regards. Uh, and, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that thing just keeps ticking up in the score because they just... Yeah, not something that we had formally announced on the show, but yeah, they announced that cloud streaming was available, uh, and we'll talk about that in, in, in a brief second. Uh, and then, yeah, we also mentioned Forza Horizon 5 that came out with a Metascore of 92. So, I mean, just those three alone, we're not even talking about any of the, the other stuff that they brought in, be it the Psychonauts 2 or anything that like that. I was just about to say Psychonauts 2 also. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, well. they had some good games. So, yeah. you know, I, I think it's deservedly so. And, and yeah, as long as they uh, go ahead and keep uh, creating availability to the consumer to access their stuff that wouldn't otherwise be accessible, that being the example we just gave with uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator via the cloud, uh, I think they have a, a win in as far as usability and a uh, approachability for the consumer. Did you get to try out uh, the cloud version of Flight Simulator? Because I know you were really into into the simulator itself. I uh, I have not, admittedly, now that I can just, you know, play it on the console, I'm not super sure that I'm really trying to take the plunge into the cloud streaming version. Uh, I have seen people talk about playing it and they're enjoying it. It's apparently a, a relatively solid experience. So, you know, 
my original plan if I couldn't have got the series console was, you know, well, maybe I could stream it on my One X, and apparently that works fairly well for people, but uh, my my main cloud streaming is just, you know, from my phone, and although you can apparently do that, I don't know that I'm going to try that. <laughs> yeah, uh, great insofar as letting people get their hands on the stuff, but at the same yeah. token, like you need to get your hands on the stuff. Like, there's way too many controls. Just my experience, I did actually go ahead and boot up uh, Flight Sim via the cloud, via my Xbox Series X, uh, and graphically, you could tell it was cloud. It wasn't, like, the highest fidelity. Yeah, but that being said, in that, regard, yeah. that being said, it wasn't something, like, super noticeable where it detracted from my experience. Uh, what honestly detracted more so, which I've kind of, we talked about in chat before, is having to use the controller vice using either my flight stick or keyboard mount like there's just way too many things and for some reason even yeah even, it's a little hardcore <laughs> even being a pilot like i have a hard time trying to understand like wait what is what do they have for rudder and what's this and it's just a it's yeah. a whole different animal but uh i thought it was a good experience and overall and so the fact that people go ahead and have access to use it via the cloud is is pretty cool um what we'll also hopefully see some more of via cloud or you know, on the console or even on PC, uh, Xbox has announced uh, this coming out of, or at least we're sourcing this from IGN, uh, that uh, Xbox announced they're going to have an indie showcase next week. So coming up on March 16th, Xbox is due to showcase some games. Uh, they've been a bit mum on it, but when we talk about, hey, you know, idea at Xbox, you find things like uh, what would have previously been like a Psychonauts 2. Now it's under the full banner of Xbox, but think 12 minutes, think the Ascent, think uh, the game I'm looking forward to, which hopefully is still slated for this year, replaced. Um, they went ahead and they showed uh, quite a few of their indie titles last year that we haven't quite seen yet. So hopefully we'll go ahead and get to, get to see something. Is there anything that you're in particular looking for out of this one, Matt? Not that I'm, like, waiting to see, but I'm just kind of curious to see what they'll actually, you know, have to showcase. Uh, always, always, you know, trying to look out for some cool new indie games that'll offer you a, a nice new experience for a, maybe a lesser dollar value. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one way of looking at it, right? The affordability of the indie games, but also keeping in mind that the indie games actually help push a lot of mechanics forward. Right. Like, yeah, that's uh, where you can I'm, try unique stuff. I'm pretty sure we could otherwise argue that your game of the year last year was, you know, in in contextual sense, an indie game, right? With uh, It Takes Two, even though it was I mean, under the EA original. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Yeah, they're still very heavily tied in with EA, but I still kind of agree. I mean, it's got more of a... Uh, indie feel right or or we'll call it like maybe a, a double a title or something but yeah <laughs> yeah well hopefully everyone can uh take a look at that showcase coming out next week on the 16th uh and then hopefully get their hands on the game shortly after but hopefully through legit means unlike <laughs> what we're hearing potentially out of russia again this news getting sourced from ign uh, that the Russian Ministry of Economic Development has proposed relaxing privacy legislation uh, so folks can basically get to play games and watch movies and stuff, like the whole the whole concept of what's going down. So again, we're not trying to make light of things, but um, numbers and numbers and droves of countries uh, around the world are trying to essentially condemn Russia, specifically the Russian government, uh, for their actions uh, with what's going on in Ukraine and have gone ahead. We, we just saw Nintendo was one of the latest ones that went ahead and pulled all their sales and, and stores and whatnot from Russia. Uh, and now this is unfortunate, the fact that the Russian government is basically saying, you know what, we don't care. We don't have any respect for intellectual property. However, our people want to get to it, they're going to get to it because this is not going to slow us down when, you know, not to go down that road, but politically... That's probably exactly the point of why some of these sanctions are meant to affect the Russian people so that they actually stand up to the government and say, hey, stop doing this dumb shit that's going on in Ukraine. Um, it, it's unfortunate. Piracy is not, uh, this is not the first instance of piracy that we've ever seen when it comes to the gaming sphere. Uh, assuredly, it won't be the last. Uh, how, uh, how does this one 
sit with you, Matt. Do you feel like uh, in Russia, games pirate you? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, things like this are the reason, the, well, part of the reason, I guess, that uh, that piracy exists, exists excuse me, uh, for any kind of, you know, intellectual property kind of content like this. I don't know. Uh, certainly understand, you know, the show of support, trying to, you know, increase, you know, I guess, uh, sanctioning and whatever against Russia to try and show our displeasure. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, the Russian people, if they're not necessarily in support of it, you know, I mean, you're cutting them off from the things they want to access and enjoy. I, I guess I can't necessarily blame them for wanting to try and find a way around that. But, uh, but yeah, the, you know, complicated situation. Um, very interesting to see the government just be like, yeah, just go ahead and pirate it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they're they're pretty much, you know, just flagrantly disregarding any kind of, uh, you know, etiquette, I guess, at this point. So, yeah, maybe, I guess, not so shocking, just an interesting, unique thing to see come out of a government, you know, release. Yeah, I mean, going forward, a lot of it can be conjecture, right? But presumably this is going to involve a lot more Russian involvement in the dark web, which... You know, there's been some suspicion of the Russian government playing uh, a big part of that in the past with uh, viral attacks and whatnot. So um, I would imagine, though, that the world community is also kind of cracked down on the dark web and illegal distribution, sale of intellectual property, goods, whatever. So we'll, we'll see what comes of it. Um, again, it's really unfortunate that any of this is happening uh, to begin with. And Agreed. That, people across the world are suffering as a result of it, whether it be, you know, abroad by not having access to their stuff or even here in the U.S., you know, more of a first world problem. But we're having issues with stupid things like gas prices going up and, and whatnot. But uh, all in the name, I suppose, of peace and trying to have some peace. But... What is not peace is war, obviously, but we're not talking about that war. We're actually talking about God of War now. So uh, this news coming out of The Verge, uh, God of War, Segway, <laughs> uh, God of War is apparently uh, in development, uh, courtesy of Sony, and it's uh, being developed as a live action series, believe it or not, uh, supposedly coming to Amazon Prime Video. So uh, it's being led by uh, Mark Fergus and Hawk. Otsby, the uh, producers behind The Expanse, and uh, Rafe Judkins, who is also the executive producer on Wheel of Time, uh, is also involved in the project. So um, this joins a host of other things that Sony's been doing to try and bring their properties to uh, more consumers. We've already seen and or heard news in the past. Maybe we haven't talked about it at length on this show uh, about Twisted Metal a live action Twisted Metal uh, being in the works and uh, Anthony Mackie's supposed to be involved with that. There is a, uh, and that's going to be live action, I said, on Peacock. Ghost of Tsushima movie is being made, which I'll actually be pretty interested to see how that goes. It's the uh, director uh, from John Wick. Uh, we have Last of Us uh, being, once again, uh, I believe it's a live action adaptation yeah. that's going to be coming out on HBO. And then we just had the Uncharted uh, movie starring Tom Holland that came out to some, you know, what we'll, what we'll mixed call reviews. mixed reviews. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Matt, uh, you're a Prime member. You've got Amazon Prime. Are you going to be watching for this? or? Uh, I mean, I, I may check it out uh, if they <clears throat> go ahead and, you know, make a reality art joke about the you know, uh, slapping, slapping uh, the rock up with some powder or whatever. Get, get him on screen. Well, you know, we'll check it out. Boy. Uh. Boy. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, because, uh, was it Chris, Chris Judge? Chris Judge is the voice? Yeah. Yes, yeah. He's a very distinct looking individual. Uh, not not at all saying that in a, in a mean way. Like, I don't think he, you put him and Kratos side by side. You don't see it, but maybe that'd be great if the they guy could expand. expand like, pull it off. That'd be if cool. He's, yeah. If he's the voice, like, hell yeah, let, let's go, you know? Um, so he's still a pretty big dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, coming into more PlayStation news, uh, more on the unfortunate side. Uh, so part of the 
or leading into prior to the PlayStation State of Play, which we'll talk about here in a moment after the break, uh, the developers Square Enix, Square Enix is producing under Luminous Productions, uh, the game Forspoken was actually delayed. So the original release date was supposed to be March 25th, or excuse me, uh, May 25th, right? May 25th, yes. Uh, and the developers put out a statement. They said, We've made the decision to move the release date of Forspoken to October 11th, 2022. Our vision for this exciting new IP is to deliver a game world and hero that gamers across the globe will want to experience for years to come. So getting it right is extremely important to us. To that end, during the next few months, we will focus all of our efforts on polishing the game and can't wait for you all to experience Frey's journey this fall. Thank you for your understanding and continued support. We look forward to sharing more about Forspoken with you soon. So, uh, another one bites the dust. I, you know, not saying in that regard, but another one hits the roster of games yeah. seeing delay uh, as we are rounding out the pandemic. Um, so, Matt, is this one a surprise at all? Um, I mean, were you looking forward to grabbing this, I don't know, maybe on PC since it's uh, uh, PlayStation I, PC exclusive. I would now. potentially check it out. I mean, it does, you know, look intriguing from what I've seen thus far. Uh, as far as whether it's a surprise that it got pushed back, no, not really. It seems pretty standard anymore these days. You know, they set these targets well in advance of, you know, their actual progression and development. So if it if it means that they can take their time to polish it up and make sure it's a really solid uh, production at the end of, of you know or i guess uh, product at the end of production i'm totally fine with that especially if it helps to avoid you know the the dreaded crunch or whatever so yeah, doesn't, doesn't think, bother me <laughs> i think it's uh i think it's good i mean i would much rather them go ahead and as they said come out with a really great polished product we've seen examples uh i mean in halo infinite and we could probably name a few others that saw delays that have come out to be excellent products. Heck, yeah, web co-op for Halo Infinite. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was something that was meant to be on the show. We can talk about that uh, towards the end here. But uh, we will go ahead and take a quick break, and we will be back right after this. Are you an industry insider? A professional interested in working with us? Maybe you just have an incredible gaming story to tell, but calling isn't your thing. Email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, gamers, we're back. So we're done talking about the news for the most part. Uh, we did go ahead and just this past week on the 9th, uh, which was Wednesday, we had a PlayStation State of Play. So they announced it uh, pretty short uh, between announcement and when they actually aired it. But... Nonetheless, uh, it was focused, it was about 20 minutes, and it was focused on a lot of more of the indie titles that they've got coming out uh, with maybe one or two twists. So uh, in the presentation, they went ahead and they had uh, a myriad of announcements. They announced Exoprimal, uh, one that Matt is going to talk about his affinity for here, uh, coming out in 2023. They showed off some new footage for uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. They went ahead and had a couple new announcements in New Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Uh, Worlds Collide. Oh, no, sorry. That was uh, Forspoken. They showed some more footage of that, some extended footage, which looked look pretty good in my eyes. Gundam Evolution uh, being a free-to-play FPS that's coming later in 2022 to PS4, PS5. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection. Uh, just a side note that that one is not actually PlayStation exclusive. They just got the first airing of it. We just saw it uh, also announced it's coming out on Xbox consoles. Uh, Gigabash, uh, which I still don't know how to fully describe myself. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. So I don't know why it says Battle R because it's not a Battle Royale, but anyways, it's a fighter. Uh, Trek Toyomi. They had Returnal Ascension update that they announced where they're adding co-op to the campaign as well as an Ascension mode, which basically sounds like, you know, a tower... Uh, horde mode, if you will, something to that effect. Um, the Diofield Chronicle, as well as Valkyrie Elysium in 2022. So quite a few there that they kind of packed in with that 20 minute showcase. Um, I'm going to say first and foremost, like I, I have been looking forward to, again, I have to sell myself on going ahead and getting Returnal. 
but in the past year or two, I really started to dig the uh, roguelike and roguelite uh, series, if you will, or genres. So Ascension, I feel, is probably going to eventually be out my alley, especially because it's done in a very AAA format uh, out of Housemark. And so them adding co-op, I find interesting. I'm just going to have to find somebody to play it with me. <laughs> uh, and then the tower. Uh, so the tower is technically called uh, Tower of Syphysis. Yeah, sure. I think that's how it was pronounced. Syphilis? No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, the other thing that I, sadly enough, uh, so I liked what I saw in Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, unfortunately, you know, just me, I can't sell myself on that because it's made by, um, uh, shoot, 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 one of the Bethesda studios, uh, and it's going to go ahead and make its way, Arcane, thank you, uh, or no, sorry, Ghostwire is made by the Japanese studio that yeah, is Yeah, I can't remember the name either. It's definitely not Arcane, but... Uh... No, 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 it's not Arcane. <laughs> that was a misspeak on my part, but nonetheless, uh, Pretty assuredly, that game is going to come over on the series consoles at some point, most likely to Game Pass. So uh, do I miss out for a year or so to get it later? Probably. Uh, and then the one that really, this is the saddest part, the one that really, really got me excited was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection because I just have such nostalgia for playing those games in the arcades. And even uh, I think they had one or two that came out on the 360 that I love playing uh, with friends and, and with my wife and co-op. So, um, yeah, they had a couple of good announcements on there. Uh, do I think that it packed the punch that they probably needed right about now? Or do they even need the punch? I don't know, because we just had Horizon uh, Forbidden West come out to really great reviews. Uh, you've got a couple other things that are on the docket. So do they need it? I don't know, but I, I wish this one would have had a little more punch. Matt, what what do you think of this PlayStation State of Play? I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Tell us about insofar the as Primal. the uh, yeah, insofar as the punch, I mean, maybe you you did kind of uh, neglect to include that Michael Pector uh, interview in, in the uh, lineup for this week, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, my main takeaways, uh, I agree. Ghostwire is looking real cool. Uh, I also would have to kind of presume that it'll work its way on over to game pass whenever the exclusivity deal you know is up <clears throat> excuse me as i die over here but uh but yeah the uh the main thing for me was that exo primal i don't even know how interesting or good of a game it'll be i just i thought the the trailer was like you know kind of utterly ridiculous but also delightfully absurd I, I it starts up and i hear dinosaurs and i'm like what are we talking about and then you hit this like just rip straight out of the avengers or whatever they're in the city and this portal opens up and just dinosaurs are raining out of the sky and it's, i i'm gonna be honest with you i giggled like a madman for probably the next 30 seconds of that trailer after that uh, but yeah it just it's looks like the anthem with dinosaurs i guess or something i don't know but be interesting i guess to see what what that actually is <laughs> yeah like like i said offline I, I related that a lot to what we've seen in the game preview that's out right now second extinction um maybe not dinosaurs coming out of portals or whatnot right. yeah that part was kind of especially the part about like oh like a weather prediction like oh today it will rain you know ten thousand dinosaurs like i don't remember how they illustrated it exactly but yeah it gonna rain it gonna rain it gonna <laughs> rain dinosaurs and you're just like what and then you yeah. just portal open and they just come down and you're like oh we're doing that oh yeah okay. I, mean, okay. I was just like but all right i didn't think i'd ever see that <laughs> yeah um oh, so so something kind of interesting um so, so yeah, does any of that sell you on a PS5 if you could possibly get your hands on it? Yeah, I mean, pro probably nothing at that particular showcase, uh, the uh, the XO Primal thing. I, I guess we'll see what that ends up being. But, I, you know, I've already got plenty of interest in getting the PS5, so I don't know if any of that sells me. Specifically, if, uh, if Ghostwire was maybe going to be ultimately always an exclusive, I'd maybe add that to the list of, of reasons. But... Uh, as we've discussed, that's probably making its way on over. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, nothing necessarily uh, that compelling here. 
All right, so here we Not go with the hot take. Here we go with the hot take, right? Ooh. Spartacus goes ahead and gets unveiled. They showcase all this stuff. We've already talked about how, like, the top tier is supposed to have uh, PS5 demos because we want to charge for demos now. Right. Uh, but I would it's almost, been coming for a long time. I would almost <laughs> bet that Exo Primal is going to be one of those first titles that gets put in there as a, as a playable Right. Demo. That seems very possible, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the other news, which, uh, on a, on a bright note, uh, I don't know when this one got announced, but I just came across it recently. And so we just wanted to say for those of you that do have a PlayStation console, be it a PS4 or a PS5, you do have an opportunity for some free entertainment. So on the PS4, uh, right now until July 22nd, you can go ahead and redeem, uh, three months of Apple TV plus on your PS4. Uh, after which it's going to renew at $5 a month. And for you lucky folks that have a PS5 already, that is actually up to a six-month trial of the service. And once again, renewing at $5. You have to have a PlayStation account, uh, and you also have to have an Apple ID, which, uh, I mean, as far as the Apple ID, I've got one. I don't own any Apple products aside from, you know, maybe a iPod that's forever old. Um, but, yeah, I might, I might might take advantage of this i feel like i have enough subscriptions right now so i don't necessarily want to take a take a chance of it but man have you messed around with apple tv at all i i have not but i mean i've heard good things about some of their programs and they seem to get a lot of buzz i it's always hard for me to know what to guess there uh yeah you've got the the apple fanboys everywhere sick of fan i mean uh fanboys um see so yeah, i i don't know it's uh <laughs> I, for for a six month free trial, that is, I mean, why would you not take advantage? I guess, and then at five bucks a month, if they're gonna stay with that for a while, that's not exactly a horrible price point. So, yeah, I don't know. Could be could be worth checking out. Yeah, it really kind of goes in line with with what we've seen. Uh, that op ed that came out of IGN a couple months ago at this point saying, you know, we're not going to see a console war in the future here. It's going to be a content war. And quite literally, that's what we're seeing now with Sony uh, and PlayStation with this partnership with Apple TV. Um, they've got all the stuff that we just talked about coming out in movies. You also have uh, on the... Uh, Oh, wow, I forgot my train of thought that I was going there. Nonetheless, you've got plenty of opportunities. Oh, I was going to say the AT&T deal um, where you can get six months of uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now. So there's a lot of a lot of companies that are vying for your time uh, and your time being hooked onto their particular screens. Mm -hmm. um, that, being said, that being said, as Matt alluded to previously, which um, was just happenstance that I didn't include it in the, our show notes here, uh, Michael Pachter, who is a uh, industry analyst, uh, went ahead and made a pretty raunchy prediction, uh, as reported here on uh, Dual Shockers a couple of days ago, said that PlayStation will not exist in 10 years. So we just said all this great stuff about PlayStation. They got all these great titles, all these great properties that are coming out and all sorts of media. Matt, why don't you take it away on this one and, and let us know kind of your thoughts on, you know, Michael Pachter, is he out to lunch on this one, or? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's hard to know, man. I, I I don't know if I necessarily see them going away entirely in a decade, but with the way everything is going right now, it's hard to even know what to really, like, envision for the industry in a decade. Um, as we've discussed, I mean, I, I think that locked bound like dedicated hardware that you're buying for this stuff is probably going to start phasing out in some sense so i mean you know the playstation console may not exist anymore but as far as you know like continuing development of games and stuff like that i, I can still see them being you know like a a major publisher or whatever of titles uh yeah i don't know it's it's hard to say i mean his points about you know microsoft having an, an extremely you know good foothold in what the market is becoming is definitely true. And I would, I would agree with that. I just don't know what the, what the end results of that are. I guess if his drawn implications are going to necessarily be accurate there, but it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he's basing this claim pretty much solidly around game pass, right? Like he's saying that because Xbox went ahead and, and, and it's not, 
too far-fetched. And I say that in the sense of, like, look at what Netflix did with the streaming entertainment medium, if you will, right? Like, they went ahead and they were the first out the gate sending you the kids at home won't remember this, but sending you uh, DVDs through the mail and you would go ahead and watch it for however many days and mail it back and kind of the same thing. You paid them a subscription, if I recall. And yeah, it was a ahead. monthly subscription. Yeah, and yeah. you could send back and forth as many as you wanted, taking advantage of the mail system. Um, advantage not in a negative context, but making full use of it. Um, and that helps set them off as the juggernaut that basically doomed blockbuster what not solely blockbuster had their own stuff going on but had a huge nail in that coffin uh and now pactor is basically making a similar comparison by saying that because game pass is so far out ahead of the competition vis-a-vis uh game subscription services and we don't get to see the public numbers very often uh, insofar as subscribers on Game Pass. But yeah. the last one that came out, I believe, said they were somewhere close to 30 million subscribers. It might have been like 25 or 28, if I recall. Um, but it's on the up and up. Uh, whereas by comparison, PlayStation Now, which is PlayStation subscription service, uh, last I saw was, I think, barely into the single digit millions. Um, and I can attest to that. I'm a subscriber, but quite frankly, the only reason I subscribed to it was because of the price point that I got in at. So um, it leaves something to be desired. Now, if they go ahead and they come out swinging with Spartacus and they say, hey, you know what? You now do have the option to download all those back compat titles that you know, you, you've wanted to go ahead and utilize instead of streaming them. I, I think that alone will be a pretty good contention piece, um, as well as the price point. I think the price point is really going to matter because if you can't sell the fan base on what you currently have available yeah. between PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, I mean, we talked about it last episode, um, the one between Mark and I, so yeah. you didn't get to have a piece in there, Matt. As you recall, um, or what you can recall of the discussion. Like, what do you think about Spartacus and what's rumored to be the price points coming out? Do you think it's actually going to be competitive? Or be I mean, on the that's, that's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, with the listed price points, they're maybe going to have a hard time with that unless if, yeah, it is just an overwhelming value. Uh, obviously, you're essentially increasing the cost of what you're already paying for right now or whatever with their new system. So it's... Uh, you know, I guess it's going to be the push to really sell you on the higher tier subscription plans, but hopefully to make those, you know, an overwhelming value where you're not feeling gypped or whatever, because that lowest tier is, yeah, you're essentially paying more for what you're already, you know, paying and getting now. Uh, so yeah, uh, time will tell, but uh, could could be a risky proposition for them. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it pans out. I, I, I won't go into detail on it again i think i was pretty verbose on on the last episode about my feelings about how playstation is handling this if and i mean pactor i don't have a record in front of us as far as like the times that he's predicted something and been right versus wrong excuse me but um i mean he he is an analyst and he is noted as one who uh usually has an eye on the prize but albeit more in the financial sphere of things. So him making a prediction that an entire brand within a company isn't going to exist anymore in 10 years. We'll see. We'll see. I feel like that's a little bit of a stretch. Uh, but that being said, we're going to stretch this episode out a little bit more and we'll be back right after this. Want to contribute to the show? Maybe you want to try your chances at a question being aired? Give us a call at 702 690-9292, and you might find yourself so lucky. All right, gamers, and we are back. So we're done with pretty much all the formality segment of the episode, but wait. That sound can only mean one thing. It's time for Release Radar. So for those that are uh, just playing catch-up, Release Radar is where we go ahead and talk on the show about the games that are going to be coming up roughly in the near future, probably next week or so. Uh, and so the ones that maybe you want to keep an eye out for. So as of today, uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, we've got Grand Theft Auto V that's going to be coming out on, as we said, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series consoles on March 15th. Phantom Breaker Omnia on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch on March 15th. The Cruel King and the 
and the great hero. Sorry, I got tripped up there. Coming out PlayStation 4 and Switch on March 15th. Paradise Killer coming out on March 16th to PlayStation 5, 4, Xbox Series consoles, and Xbox One. And then we have Tunic coming out on the Series consoles and Xbox One and PC on March 16th. Uh, as well as, yeah, I guess we can round it out with the 17th. So March 17th, you've got Anno Mutationum. Sure. Uh, coming out PlayStation 4 and PC. Monster Energy Supercross 5 coming out PlayStation 5, 4, Xbox Series consoles, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Persona 5 Arena Ultimax coming out on PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Uh, as well as Shredder's. Going to be coming out on Xbox Series consoles and PC on March 17th. Woo! Matt, what <laughs> on all that list? Uh, I mean, dude, when we talk about it's, it's going to be a good year for games. That may not hit everybody and their taste buds, but I'll tell you what. There's somebody out there that's going, man, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax or someone else is going out there and going, yeah, that GTA 5, probably a lot of folks with GTA 5. Shoot, I didn't even think you were going to bite off on that. Uh, but, yeah, which which ones of that list there are you looking forward to coming out? So, yeah, I mean, uh, probably get by the most on GTA 5 and then Tunic. I know that you're excited for that one. I'm kind of curious about checking that one out myself. So, Cool, short list, got it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for me, um, I'll take a look at it. I mean, I, I want to double-check. Being fortunate that I do have the PS5, uh, I'm pretty sure I did get GTA 5 online for free. So if it's 10 bucks to go ahead and get the upgraded story and everything, you get to, to play through that. Um, at least in my opinion, GTA has always been mainly associated with PlayStation. So I wouldn't mind going ahead and, you know, checking it out and seeing how how that looks on the OLED, you know, throwing it up there in whatever fidelity mode. Uh, Tunic, yeah, dude, I've seen Tunic for like, three years now um so that's one oh oh leo why is that taking so long to come out well because it's made by a single dude so <laughs> i think by that alone i have a lot of regard and respect for the title and i want to see uh what's going to come of that that is honestly probably looking at the dates here we said that idea at xbox showcase is going to be on march 16th and tunic is supposed to release march 16th yeah. would not be surprised if that is like the, the drop right there and they're like by the way you can download it now right uh, yeah. most likely coming out on game pass i would imagine so that would uh, be pretty cool yeah i'm almost <laughs> i'm almost 100 on that one and shredders um so for those that uh haven't kept up with shredders that is the at least as of right now the xbox exclusive title um that is all about snowboarding so think tony hawk uh well, Tony Hawk yeah, snowboarder. Yeah, something like that to that effect. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what's the they had a snowboarding game back when. Was it? Uh, yeah, I mean there've been a few. I don't yeah. remember all the names. Um, but I mean I looked at it. Uh, this one's made by Slow Punch, I want to say. Um, but nonetheless, I looked at it. Uh, I've seen the trailers for it at least twice now, and I kind of dig it. Maybe it's because I live in Vegas in the desert, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing what happened. Cool. So with that, uh, we'll roll into kind of what we've been doing, what we've been playing, and you know how we usually wrap up the show. So I'm gonna pass the mic yet again back to you, Mister Mow Them Down. Let the people know what you've been doing, what you've been playing, and maybe where they can not find you. Yeah, you know, uh, you can always find me on Xbox. You can hit me up by email. Um... But yeah, uh, lately I've been getting my feet wet very slightly, just dipping the toes into the water of Elden Ring. Picked that up, uh, waiting to get my ass kicked in that game over and over and over. Uh, did download and uh, boot up the you know Marvel's Guardian of the Gal Guardian, excuse me, of the Galaxy game. Um, pretty slick presentation so far. The gameplay itself. Um, waiting to see how that develops as far as the action goes um yeah uh thus far actually pretty impressed with that one awesome soundtrack <laughs> all right cool cool uh yeah so as for myself uh known as ice on all things gaming social media uh i went ahead as i mentioned previously in the show i got to play through uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Lands demo, uh, which I mean demo, not game necessarily, but 
you know, a slice. Uh, and I like what I saw, and I'll probably go ahead and pick that up. Uh, otherwise, got my, uh, my Spider-Man attire here in honor of I am 95% complete with uh, the Spider-Man PS5 remaster. Uh, I've got all the trophies for, like, the, the enhanced PS5 remaster version. Uh, and literally, I am four trophies from the Platinum. Um, once I go ahead and I get into the DLC, that should kind of solidify that. So what I'm thinking gameplay-wise is I'm going to roll. And, and I've done a couple uh, plays, a couple levels with the wifey playing uh, Sackboy A Big Adventure. Because that's just a fun freaking game. So we like playing that together. Um, but so probably the plan going forward here in the near future, because I have to somehow align all these things, uh, is finish out Spider-Man PS5, probably go straight into Miles Morales, because I've heard nothing but great things of that game. Uh, so a smaller game, gameplay-wise, as I understand it, but nonetheless, I'll go ahead and I'll probably thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, and then I have to make the conscious decision to get back into uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Not, not that it's a bad game, but I am saying the conscious decision because I feel like if I do that, I'm going to inevitably want to roll straight into for, uh, Forbidden West. So that's uh, that's kind of the, the frustration I'm going to be dealing with there. Because, again, you got the backlog, like what's, uh-huh. what's going what's gonna to go next? Um, <laughs> but we, we also had an opportunity, right? We played a little bit, I want to say, since last recording. Uh, we did some Rocket League, uh, maybe tried Sea of Thieves, uh, and we got in a little too early to partake in the next <laughs> yeah. adventure. <laughs> We're sitting there playing, and it's like, okay, when's the next adventure? Oh, three weeks. What? So (laughs) uh, maybe maybe Rare can go ahead and have a bit more consistency That's bad intel there, me matey. Yeah, but anywho. uh, So that's it for episode 30 of Gaming's Greatest Generation. Remember to go ahead and hit that thumbs up, like the show. Feel free to subscribe if you have an opportunity to do so on your platform of choice. By all means, refer a friend because we'd love to get more eyes and ears on the podcast. If for nothing else, just to let us know how we're doing. Feel free to comment down below if you're watching on YouTube uh, or go ahead and, as I said, just just share this out, right? Because we would love to go ahead and get to as many ears as possible. And by all means, uh, the more input we have, the better we can make the show. So uh, that's going to be it for episode 30, folks. We'll catch you next week. And remember, gaming's greatest generation is the one you guys are a part of. Thanks for listening to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us today. If you have any feedback for the show or would like to contribute ideas, feel free to call 702-690-9292 or email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. You can also join the Discord community by following the link in the show notes.